From the Bent Pixel Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Phone Booth Fighting, a twice-weekly and absolutely free podcast covering the world of mixed martial arts and beyond with that guy. Frank Mayer. The two-time UFC heavyweight champion, current Bellator heavyweight contender, and this guy. Richard Hunter, Reno's funniest two-time comedian. That's right. And uh, Naga Silver Medalist. Naga Silver Medalist. I like it when you work that in. Future MMA fighter. Wimp to warrior competitor. That's right. In now, December. Future MMA fighter? Yes, sir. He's going right. to have a fight now. Let me introduce you to our special guest in studio, Kyle Guns Up Stewart, a 10-0 undefeated welterweight who, uh, as this episode airs, uh, I, I don't know if I should say this Friday, next Friday, the, the actual date of the fight is July... July 27th. July 27th. Just go with that. Uh, Kyle is fighting for uh, Legacy's uh, welterweight title. We'll get into that fight and how you can see it and all that kind of stuff here in a moment. But yeah, um, I always had a hard time... You know, to tell me how to find Legacy because I remember one time. LFA airs on uh, Legacy Access. Fighting Alliance is on Access That's TV, right. on Direct TV, AXS TV. What there if you, you don't go. have Direct TV? Because I have I, Cox. You know how I get it? Uh, I I get it on a Fire Stick. I'm a is cable cutter. Because I have Cox yeah. cable. And I remember when uh, Robbie Drysdale yeah. fought for the title. Mm-hmm. I went everywhere trying to find it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like two days later mm-hmm. someone finally sent me a link and an well, email. Well, you know how you have my Sling TV login? Yes, I do. That's how close we are. We uh, <laughs> we, share we share. I think you can get it on that. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah, kind of no, technologically deficient, yeah, so when buddy, I, I tell people, buddy. I don't know, I, I know they show it at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, no, it's on Sling. It's, it's funny, some things I'm yeah. pretty decent at, you know, like video games and stuff, I'm yeah. a little yeah. bit more advanced. Oh, I'm video but game like, retarded. Look, like social media, I'm a fucking retard. You know? <laughs> like, like, I still don't understand what Instagram stories are. Like, he's tried to explain it to me a few times. You were like, just on it. I just put you on my <laughs> Instagram story. Yeah, see, you got me beat. I cannot do that. I don't know how to do it. If you said right now, motherfucker, I'm going to put a bullet in your head. If you don't put an Instagram story, I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> I thought we were friends. I guess I had to shoot. Gonna make a call real quick. Tell my tell my kids I love them. Yeah. No, because Bella's starting to do Instagram now. She's asking yeah. me questions, and I'm like, looking that's at your, her. That's your one that that's my fighting, daughter. Right? Yeah, yeah. Is I'm she like, your oldest? Yes, yeah, she's my oh, oldest. Oh man, get ready. Well, I have a stepson who's 26. Is Go. she on Twitter? No. Oh, don't wait! Think. Don't let her on Twitter. That's it. She, she'll be gone. Yeah. She's starting <laughs> with Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And uh, I was very very. Because I'm not, I'm not savvy at it. You know what I mean? So like, it scares me because I don't know the ins and the outs of, of how people could get to her. You know what I mean? So like, I'm trying to get like, you know, up on it. You know what I mean? Like, to figure it out. You know? Um, I'd say as long as you follow her, you know what she's going on. You, okay. You know what? You know what? But she's I know going. they can get. You DM'd, can know what right? she's liking. You can see what she likes. You can. You yeah. You wouldn't be able to see her DMs. I'd just be like, what's a pa- I pay for your phone. Oh, yeah, Give me the no, phone. No, no. My yeah. facial recognition's yeah. on her phone. So good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's Isabella. Like I mean, like look, she doesn't listen to social news. Even on her laptop, I get a Microsoft report each week telling me what website she goes on. Yeah, mm. so I have a, a constant look at what's going. So some things I'm okay at. Mm-hmm. Some shit I just suck at. And just by the way, I do not want a report of the websites that you go to on a weekly basis. Uh-huh. Do not sign me up for that. They are truly disturbing. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Do you know what's 
Here we go off on a tangent. I actually sure. have a few websites that I go on, and one of them actually I thought because I was sitting there at one time. Uh, uh, We're very honest on this program, uh, Kyle. So you're among I'm friends. Frank is going to make some shocking. One admission. of my wife's friends was at the, at the house, and mm -hmm. she's like, "Hey, what are you looking at?" And I'm like, mm -hmm. "Oh, you don't want to." I was just minding yeah. my own business. I mean, I'm kind of a loner, and I'm sitting there on the iPad. I'm like, "Ah." Oh, yeah, I mean, just because company is over doesn't mean you can't surf porn. Yeah, well, I wasn't looking at pornography. Oh. I was looking at uh, bestgore.com. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Like, be, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, beheadings and people. Yeah. I always, for some, for some reason, my friends don't know that I'm the fucked up one. So, like, mm. on Facebook, I get, I, I get 10 videos a day of, like, either hilarious, like, yeah. porn spoof, porn, yeah. like, hilarious, like, porn, uh, whatever. Like funny shit porn bloopers. That's the word <laughs> yeah. I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Or, like, just fucked up shit. dude getting hit by a train. Yeah. Dude's getting chopped up by the cartels. And I'm like, just through Facebook, everybody's like, hmm, this is some fucked up shit. I'm going to send it to Kyle. That's, I'm like, okay. You're the first guy they think of. <laughs> I need by to get on Facebook, I guess. <laughs> if you're ever watching porn bloopers yeah, and you, old, you, see. you see... If you're ever watching, I uh, use Facebook. Like I was saying, when your daughter gets into Twitter, anybody under the age of 24, they use Twitter. Anybody 24 or over is like Facebook. Anybody under 24, they go, tw they go like Facebook's for old people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, well, see, it's totally. Here's and I'm like, I don't care. Okay. All the people that I connect with, I connect through Facebook. And then the see, game, the games change through mixed martial arts. Like having a following, obviously, yeah, yeah, is huge. I, no, like, I constantly get. People that I work with, sponsors, have constantly get a mask. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. It's always been that way for me too. It's always been a business thing. Like yeah. I've never, I've never. That's my point. Enjoyed social media. It's just you have it as a promotional. Tool, okay, so you know? like I get everybody having an Instagram because you know even if you're just Susie Q homemaker. Mm -hmm. You have your circle of girlfriends, somebody you know you went to college with back in the day. So you're posting pictures of the kids or your family trip. You have followers. Mm -hmm. I get that. You know what I mean? But like Twitter. Unless you're of somebody of significance, why the fuck do you have a Twitter? Like, I'm sitting there like, okay, Billy Bob that does plumbing on the side, like, mm -hmm. your profound thought, like, you, why would you even tweet and have a Twitter account? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I get somebody like, you know, fucking, you know, even Trump, you know, mm -hmm. people of, of, of the movers and shakers of the world, yeah. like, oh, what the fuck's he thinking? Elon Musk mm -hmm. makes yeah. perfect sense for that guy to have a Twitter so to I'll have make, a voice to have a voice yeah. well, where make, the masses can see yeah because people are like what mm -hmm. the fuck did Elon Musk say today you know what I mean because I want to know if, like, hey did you hear what he said about such and stuff like yeah. no what did he say I'm, I'm but, interested but, well the argument would be that if you follow those people on Twitter then you would get it more uh, instantaneously than if you waited for it to come out in the news I'll tell you why I like Twitter no to and me, I get it for yeah. famous people so, to what me, I'm saying is I don't get when yeah. non-famous people because this is this is the thing is the younger generation came up and this is this is a huge separation in the there's like the millennials and then the generation x right. generation if you grew up in high school with instagram and twitter you are a different human yeah. than a person that grew up like me i graduated high school in 2007 okay i graduated like, in 98 so mm -hmm. no like you're everything how you relate to people, how you interact with people, so-and-so liked your tweet, liked your Instagram. Like, it's become, like, your uh, the younger generation's identity. People, and this is what's so weird, is it's like people are afraid to have a confrontation with you in person. Right, right. Yeah. But they will get on their Twitter. Oh, yeah. And, and da -da 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 -da, 10 minutes after seeing you face-to-face, -face, and that's just, like, it's a younger generation thing. I tell people, if, if you have a Twitter, you're either famous 
or you're like Generation X. You okay, know that makes sense. Because I've actually had people tell me that before, like friends of mine. We're like, hey, man, I, I keep posting shit and I tag you and mm-hmm. you don't like any of my stuff. I'm like. And people get offended no, by that. I'm like, yeah. why don't you like my stuff? Well, I didn't get it at first. Like, it took me a second. I'm like, no, no, I liked your picture. It was a cool video. They're like, <laughs> but you didn't like it. I'm but like, you didn't yeah. press the like button. You but I do like it. Tap. I'm telling you that I liked it. Yeah. yeah. But you have to hit the like button. I'm like, yeah. I got to hit the like button? Like, yeah. what? Why? Yeah. They're no. like, I hear you telling me you like and it, the younger but you generation, didn't hit the like button. There, there's all sorts of resor- research talking about like the dopamine and then like X amount of people like your 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 social media posts and it's like a hit, it's a satisfaction. It's like, and the younger generation, that's where they're getting their self worth from. Is like, I mean, and it's bad. It's mm. like, oh, I have so many Twitter followers. I have yeah. so many girls. Like, I mean, we'll talk about the the 22, 23 year old girls. All their Instagram is like them on the beach in their bikini and some sort of profound quote you know what i'm saying it's like no you're literally just showing your ass off so a bunch of horny dudes can double okay. press yeah. the like, like I, I think I, to the and that's gonna this. that's gonna hit your dopamine well, and you're gonna feel good about yourself yeah. and you then, don't need to hit us with the, with the i don't think you quote. should be able to put down right, your instagram so. model like i'm yeah. seeing that now like people yeah. with instagram model I'm like yeah. wait a minute Oh, Frank. So, like, let me go back you get to what paid. Women, like, no, women get paid for that. Yeah. Oh, no, really? You, you can make money on this? Oh, I yeah. know. I know women that make a, a $500,000 a post every time they post. And you yeah. see them in person, they don't even look like they do on their Instagram. Oh, no. I mean, trust me. I've seen some so, makeup. No, let me go but, back to a point Kyle just made. This is an important point. I've been talking about this for a while. When a girl posts the picture of herself on Instagram because she thinks she looks hot. I think she ought to be required to just post, I think I look hot, as opposed to Boom. that distracting, yeah. like, you know, really not feeling this weather today. Yeah. The only reason you put that is because you wanted to put that picture of yourself yeah. up oh, there, and you didn't want to just say why you were doing my it. My favorite is the ass in a tiny little bikini bottom, like a thong, Yeah, going up your ass, you're staring at the horizon of the beach, and you have to put... Dare to be bold. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, yes. bitch, you're basic as fuck. <laughs> Nobody thinks you're inspirational. Okay, now what is Don't that drag mean? Gandhi into this shit. The, the whole, you know what I'm saying? I hear that expression. So I've seen girls insult each other going, yeah. she's, she's basic. Yeah. What, what is, refer, translate that to me. What basic is, it? is standard. Uh, usual. There's nothing special. There's nothing special. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing like. That's just you're a basic you know, bitch, right? You're a basic bitch. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so man. Like I was a nerd when I was a teenager. I'm fucking definitely a nerd now. I'm a fucking right. old man. I'd rather just, be a nerd than basic. Let me, <laughs> let me just say this because we, Kyle, uh, we have not met Kyle before. Uh, he is uh, a representative. He's. Re- I was gonna say he's represented by Ko Reps, our, our buddy Warren over there. But let me just say uh, we do this twice a week, Frank. Tell me if you concur, but right out of the gate, we're doing very well with yeah, Kyle. Yeah, no, Kyle is, 100%. If, if you come I was just thinking, like, you know, Kyle, we might just have a third guy. We're just going to move you over. The guests, yeah. you're, you're no longer a guest. You just made it on the show. Kyle, <laughs> let me tell you something. If, if you come out in this fight like you did on this podcast so far, this is going to be a very long oh, fight. That dude's I'm, getting knocked out. And we didn't out. record the first 10 minutes when no, I first sat down. We were already. That was like we're a warm Concussions, up. football, I'm fucking bare knuckle fighting. people would call a social butterfly. Like, All I, right. I, I'm, you put me in a small group with yeah. a, um, we, we can talk for hours. Okay. Anything. We can talk politics, the fight game. You're in the right uh, place. Gender, general. You're in the right place. All right. So let me. How let many me, genders let me, are there? Let me give you. Yeah. Let me give you the facts of uh, as you're getting up to speed on Kyle. What you need to know. Uh, Kyle uh, Guns Up Stewart is going to be taken on. Uh, James Nakashima. Right, am I saying that right? Nakashima. Yes, James Nakashima for the uh, for the LFA uh, Legacy Fighting Welterweight Title. 
Uh, it's going to be in uh, Newport News, Virginia. And uh, Kyle, so it's a matchup of undefeated fighters. Kyle's 10-0 uh, with a pretty uh, diverse record, by the way. Four knockouts, three submissions, three decisions uh, against uh, Nakashima, who's uh, undefeated as well. I know all his fights have gone to decision. You can uh, look up Kyle on Twitter at Kyle underscore guns up underscore MMA. And that's guns with a Z, not an S. And Instagram as well, Kyle underscore Stewart 0331. So there you go. Look those up as we're talking. Give him a follow, and uh, you'll, uh, you'll you'll be a little more in on the conversation. All right. So uh, man, we got a lot of ground to cover. Okay. So let's, let's ask you about this fight first because um, uh, you now you have a military background, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, what branch? So I was in the Marine Corps. I okay. Was in the Marine Corps for not far from here. I was actually in Twenty Nine Palms. I was uh, I was uh, an O three thirty one infantry mm-hmm. machine. Oh wow, that's totally different. Yeah. yeah. You can feel the difference, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Talk, talk into the mic. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So I was an O three thirty one. I was an infantry machine gunner. Um, yeah. I did that for eight years. Um, I was uh, stationed in Twenty Nine Palms, three hours from here. So I would come to Vegas a lot yeah. uh, to party on the weekends. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I uh, did three uh, combat deployments to Afghanistan, two thousand eight, two thousand eleven, and two thousand thirteen. Wow. Um, and in two thousand ten, I went on the thirty first Mew Marine Expeditionary Unit. We went to Okinawa, Japan, Thailand, the Philippines, Singapore, just on a float. They call it a booze cruise. Uh-huh. Um, did some cool jungle warfare training and then a whole lot of wow. drunk in third world countries. Yeah. <laughs> but, now, uh, that's where I started training in mixed martial arts, 2010. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Was uh, was that just like military program? Was that kind of what got you involved or was it? Actually, it was totally crazy. So no. I, um, I was on a ship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were floating in the ocean and uh, I used to always – I've always been good at martial arts. I've always been, I did karate for 13 years. Mm-hmm. I was a point fighter, similar to what you see Wonder Boy do, mm-hmm. what you see Sage Northcutt, how he started fighting when he came in. Um, what I system did, did you use in martial arts? Um, it was a Kemp, Kempo base. Ed my Parker? Kara- What's that? Ed Parker base? No. Oh. No. Kempo um, was Ed My It was sport karate, American freestyle sport karate. My my karate instructor was a black belt in taekwondo, as well as a black, black belt in karate. But it was it was mainly, I mean, as far as, as far as uh, doing katas and mm-hmm. and stuff like that forms, I wasn't really into that. I was into more of the sparring. Well, no, because my dad was a black belt in Ed Parker's system of Kimpo. Okay. He came over from Hawaii. So that's okay. actually my first black belt. So I did, would you talk about like the Long Beach Invitational Tournament? Uh-huh. I competed in that as a kid. Okay. Like, yeah, all the way up until high school. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I competed uh, from the age of, I started when I was four or five years old, and I competed mm-hmm. up until I was 18 and joined the Marine Corps. So I always had a passion okay. for martial arts. I was a black belt, you know, and I traveled, did, did, uh, Local tournaments in Arizona, won all sorts of them, did national tournaments across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, you know, I came from the background of the kid that was like the dorky karate kid. I was a nerd, you know. I'd never uh, been in a couple fights, but never a real fight. Yeah. You know, joined the Marine Corps, and that's where I got my toughness. So as a mm. ginger, you weren't fighting a lot? No. Nah, I mean, I did get picked <laughs> on a lot for being a ginger. You know what was super weird for me? I, I did get, no, I got. I'm one of my best friends is redhead. I always fuck with him about oh, that. Oh, I yeah. get it all the yeah. time. I get it all the time, man. Um, I did the whole thing, like, you know, when someone makes a black joke, no, one of my best friends is black. So I made a ginger joke, like, no, no, one of my closest friends is <laughs> Yeah, you covered it. I, I get a pass, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Throwing the G word around on Yeah, right. Here for yeah. what, 10 yeah. minutes? <laughs> um, but no, I, I grew up doing karate, yeah. um, joined the Marine Corps, and, uh, I was on ship, and I used to, we used to always grapple. Marines are just a bunch of, or a bunch of mongoloids, you know. When we get, bo- when we get man, bored, man. if you have Marines in any situation where they're sitting around longer than, like, two hours, yeah. 
They're gonna start throwing rocks at each other. Eating crab. <laughs> they're gonna start. <laughs> they're gonna start trying trying to find things to kill, or yeah. you know, try and find bugs to fight each other. Trying like they're just you know. Uh, they're gonna start grappling. They're gonna start yeah. talking shit to each other. It's like it's it's like the best fraternity in the world you could you could be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to always love grappling and ground fighting. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just w- was good at beating all these other Marines, and uh, ran into this kid who had actually trained mixed martial arts and fought as an amateur back uh, with uh, Militich Fight Systems, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Back in Iowa, he started teaching me some grab. I actually learned like a triangle choke. And I thought it was so cool because I didn't know you could choke somebody out with your legs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I started I started training and learning to grapple. And right after we got back to Okinawa was the time that uh, Leota Machida beat Rashad Evans and won the oh, light yeah. heavyweight mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, here's this karate guy. Everybody's saying these karate guys are nerds. And, you know, I was never – I was in a, a bunch of fights growing up but never, like, would think of doing MMA. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, he's doing what I was doing. All the techniques he's using are similar to me. I've been doing them since I was five years old, you know. And so I, I decided to start grappling and wrestling and learning the ground game because I felt like my striking would be good. And uh, came back six months later, competed at Naga here in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Won all three matches by submission, and mm-hmm. I was hooked. I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to try this MMA thing. Started competing. I joined the base fight team in 29 Palms. Uh, run by uh, Sergeant Major Mark Galetko was 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 uh, running the team. It's a bunch of Marines and sailors hmm. getting together, going to grappling tournaments, pancreation tournaments, and I was uh, I was just I mean I was hooked. I, I was winning and winning and winning and winning. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it is, but like when it comes to like the human chess aspect of one man versus one man, I mean I was never a great athlete. But well, I mean obviously I'm, I'm good at fighting. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously you had a huge drive to do this. So was this the kind of thing where? You know, at some point you decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to approach this as a profession, or was it the kind of thing, because I, I could also see with your drive, everything you're describing, where one day you just look up and go, you know what, I think I'm doing this professionally, I didn't even realize I was turning into a pro. No, yeah. If it, that makes sense. It, it, it Honestly, there was never like one moment. It yeah. was, I started, I, I think the first time, maybe that first grappling tournament, because yeah. I was like, I'm a striker, I've been doing striking my whole life. Mm-hmm. But I just beat a bunch of grapplers grappling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I started comp- – I won a whole bunch. I mean, like, lo- I won every grappling tournament we went to for, yeah. like, every other weekend. I would go and I'd win. And then I started doing pancreation, which is no strikes to the head. Um, yeah. but that's the way that we did it. You, it's MMA, just no strikes to the head. And I won nine out of ten of those bouts. And then it was just – one thing led to another. It was uh, it was smoker fights. My first smoker, I head kicked a guy and knocked him out. Uh. And I was like, okay, that's uh, – you know what? That was the moment. That was the moment that I was like, okay, yeah. I just did this. I knocked yeah. this guy out. Yeah. Started competing as an amateur. Fought here in Vegas a bunch of times for King of the Cage. I went nine and one as an amateur. And I knew – so the thing is I was either going to reenlist to the Marine Corps I was already in almost eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't do 12 years in the Marine Corps and get out. You know, yeah. I was either going to reenlist in the Marine Corps and go special forces and go that route. To me, I felt like that would have just been settling for what was comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, or I was like, you know what? I'm nine and one as an amateur in MMA. I think I can. I, I want to go professional. I want to. I want to see how I do. Mm. I want to. I want to open a different chapter and kind of know now as a pro. I haven't looked back. You know, but I need to. I need to get that. I need to get my hand raised in the UFC, man. That's that's mm-hmm. my uh, that's the ultimate goal. That's the goal. 
Yeah. Well, um, so with this uh, with this title fight uh, coming up uh, on, uh, I'm sorry, what we said the 29th, right? 27th. So 27th, sorry, 27th. I'm doing my this Friday, next Friday thing. Yeah, uh, with this title fight. Now, what do you know? Uh, what do you know about your uh, opponent? I mean, obviously, he likes to go to decision. Um, he uh, he trains at the MMA lab in Arizona. Now, have you guys crossed paths at all? Because you're you're, in, yeah. you're based in Tempe. Yeah, uh, I actually know him. I Tempe. See him. You can tell him a Tempe. vegan because I say Tempe. 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 Yeah, Tempe is what we eat instead of meat. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I just had Tempe for lunch. Um. No. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Know him. I've seen him fight a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um. It's really quiet, dude. As far as his fighting style, he's not very. He's got eight decisions. Mm-hmm. He's eight no with eight decisions. Mm-hmm. Um. He wrestled in Nebraska. Um. He's solid, fundamentally solid. He, nothing he does jumps off the paper at you, though. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, oh, is this the most dangerous fighter you've ever fought? I don't know if I would call him dangerous. Um, like, I fought stud athletes that'll sleep you. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Or guys that'll the guys that threaten you. You know, that's dangerous to me. Um, but it, he is his own puzzle because he's like, uh, I, this is the way I describe it. You, you, you play football, football. He's football. He is, he's not Peyton Manning. I was, I was on the debate say. team. He's not going to light up the scoreboard. He's not going to throw six touchdowns. Yeah. He's the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is going to come forward in the proper position, be right in your face. Uh, bring that get three yards, keep grinding. Exactly. Right he's going to go position for position for position. If he gets a takedown, you're going to, he's. Which explains the decisions. I yeah. mean, if you're if you're fundamentally sound, you can grind somebody out all night long. He comes for it, and he uses his wrestling. Like if you want to unload on him, he can take you down. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's gonna be right in your face, picking you apart, picking you apart. He's shorter. He's a southpaw. Likes a uh, he. Uh, like I said, nothing he does is like jumps off mm-hmm. and goes. Oh, you need to watch out for that right hand because mm-hmm. he's sleeping people with it. Mm-hmm. Vice. How for, is his straight left? His his straight left is. Good. He's um. He's never dropped anybody that I've ever seen him. He's fight. probably a natural right-handed guy. That he is a natural right-handed yeah. guy who likes to be a left. He well because of his wrestling off. background. Because uh, you see a lot of guys, and actually, I was a proponent of that. I remember back when you know Gray Maynard and I actually wrestled in high school during the same mm-hmm. period. He wrestled at Durango. As kids, we wrestled at Bonanza, and then before he went up to St. Ed's in Ohio. But when he first started making that conversion from Michigan, when he wrestled, you know, the guy was a high-level, you know, all-American wrestler. Came over, he got second, or did he win nationals in high school or get second? I think he. Anyways, but uh, he was learning how to box, and he would box left side forward, and then when he would wrestle, he would switch his stance. Yeah, I actually said, hey, you know what? You know, I think it would be actually worth it for you to go ahead and you're a wrestler more than you're a boxer, so yeah. why don't you box out of your wrestling stance yeah. instead of trying to learn how to wrestle out of a boxing stance, you know? Yeah. So to make that conversion. So I agree sometimes when guys have a strong wrestling background to fight with the same stance, same foot forward, no, you know. One of my buddies, he who fights in Bellator, you know, Doughboy Gerard Trice. Okay, yeah, yeah. He so I train at Arizona Combat Sports right, right. MP. So we have Tyrell Fortune out there, and we have Gerard Trice out there. Mm-hmm. Doughboy's the same way. He he likes fighting. I mean, he fights righty, but for the longest time in the gym, he's like, I, I feel better at Southpaw because he's a lot more comfortable, a lot more relaxed. He's got a strong jab. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. as far as James goes, I, I feel that's. He's not powerful, uh, not explosive. He just doesn't mess up. He waits for you to mess up, and he's yeah. just going to grind you out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a very much too of. It's funny. That's actually not the American wrestling style. That's actually very international wrestling style. If you watch a lot of international wrestlers, that's why sometimes wrestling matches. 
against some of the Russian stuff can be kind of boring because they're like, okay, I'm going to push the pace on you, yeah. be mm -hmm. in your face, but I'm not going to expose myself and take that first shot. I'm going to, yeah. you're going to take a yep. shot. I'm going to mm -hmm. sprawl, turn mm -hmm. the corner and crush the counter. They're yeah. counter guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're like, okay, you make a mistake and I'll get you, but I'm not going to be out of position. Yeah. I'm not going to get out of position. I'm going to make wait for you to be out of position. Then I'll go. You know, my buddy calls that white boy wrestling. Yeah. Jordan Burroughs doesn't have to wrestle that way. He just, <laughs> no, yeah. he, uh, it, that's him. He's he's gonna be right in your face. I think his wrestling, his confidence in his wrestling, gives him his confidence in his wrestling is what allows him to strike. Mm -hmm. Like he's 100%. not worried, he's not worried about anybody taking him down. He's like, okay, I'll, I'm gonna put grab the leg. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's not worried about him taking anybody taking him down. So he puts that pressure right in front of you, and he's tough. You know, so he's got that winning constant formula. He's always going to be able to come forward, and even if he's just dictating, if he's in the center of the cage and you're backing up because mm -hmm. you're worried about him shooting, he's winning. Mm -hmm. He hasn't even mm -hmm. thrown a punch, but he's yeah. winning. You know, this is a, a, a again a shot for the the uh, legacy welterweight title, and for more casual MMA fans, I know we got hardcores that listen, but uh, for more casual MMA fans, if you're not tuning into LFA, this is really one of the premier organizations that is not. UFC Bellator, you know, I call you, it, I call it the UFC minor leagues. It's, it's, you know what, and and it's, that's it's a great, the UFC it, minors, it's the it, Bellator minor leagues, and it speaks well of them actually yeah. because of the the number of fighters that do make it from there uh, in onto the the biggest of stages. But if you've got Access TV, uh, sometimes you don't even know you have Access TV. It's AXS uh, TV, but uh, it's the perfect channel for me because it's half MMA and it's half music. So I those are both my worlds. So I can watch Access. TV all day long, but uh, you'll be able to see the fight uh, live on there. And like I said, if you got Amazon Fire Stick, if you got Sling TV, even if you don't have a, a cable provider that has it or a satellite, you can get it on uh, on those on Sling or something like that. Uh, if you uh, if you want to watch it, uh, so what other kind of stuff are you into, Kyle? What's uh, tell us a little bit about what would be the thing that we could find out about you that would surprise us to know. What would surprise? Like you write poetry. Oh, yeah, you, uh, um, yeah. you're some sort of bird watching club. Wow, now I now I feel basic. <laughs> no, I don't do anything yeah. but uh, I, I fight, I yeah. train, no, yeah. hang out with my family. Yeah, it's that's 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 what I do. Yeah. Are you married? Nope. Okay. Single. Okay. As a Pringle. Okay. Any so so any children, do you know of? No. No. <laughs> No, look, hope, looking no to children. Get, looking to get married, we could uh, play a little matchmaker here. No, 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 no? Good. okay, all right. And you were training, yeah. You were training. <laughs> <laughs> you were training. No, definitely just, uh, not looking to get married. <laughs> now you're training just down the street at uh, Extreme train. Couture. We, we could have an eight-hour-long podcast about my failed past relationships. <laughs> oh, that's that's half of what hey, I bring to the table. Silver lining when you don't have to worry about that. You can just go train all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. MMA, exactly. martial arts, being a top guy is a selfish thing. Yeah, yeah. Raising like right. I, like seriously, sometimes like. I love my wife and kids, but yeah. honestly, that is a hard path to Dude, be married and the, raise children and try to have a career. The funny thing is that a lot of women don't understand that. Mm. It's, it's You didn't respond to my text message. Yeah. I just got to the gym. You can't send it. No. no. Like, I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm about to go yeah. five rounds. I'm yeah. the man in the middle, and five fresh dudes are going to come in and try and 
beat my ass. Like yeah. I don't feel they don't like to put shit on the back yeah. burner. It's like, hey, look, this is not. A, I, I realize yeah. me the significance here, but if you and I have an argument, just to prove that I fucking like you, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in there and be slightly distracted, and this motherfucker throwing a shin at my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and now I'm gonna be getting stitches and be like, yeah, you know, I was a little distracted. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not like at work where you're like, ah, oh, fuck a typo, I can hit fucking yeah. backspace. You know? Like, yeah. No, man, we're fighting people. You and, know? and that girl's gonna be like, uh huh, and <laughs> so why didn't you respond to my text message? Was the oh, question. All right, so let me let me put you the test here, Kyle, uh, to that claim that uh, you could do eight hours worth of fail relationship talk. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, you know, this is like that where we just put down one card and see who gets high card. I'll tell you my craziest relationship story. You tell me the craziest one you have. Oh, no, you, we don't want to do that. You, <laughs> we don't want to go Sounds down. like we definitely <laughs> Statute of limitations is not running. I'll tell you what, I'll go first. How about that? And then right. you just see if you can talk. Oh, me. God. It, it may not even be your biggest. Maybe you just go, okay, this is just as much as I need to yeah, do. You don't have to, to come out with story. the fucking uh, full house on the first. Right, thing. right, right. Okay, all right, here we go. All right, so so I was going out with this girl, Ginger, by the way. That was, that was your first mistake. Her uh, name or How was your no. first mistake? No. She cheated on you with everybody. Uh, <laughs> probably, but this is not what ended the relationship. No, no, Ginger is so, in the uh, redhead. What is it saying about your relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Redheads are freaks. <laughs> So, and I'll tell you what was crazy, what, what was really, like, like bizarre about this, this whole situation, scenario, to give you the backstory, is I had just gotten done dating this, like, stereotypical stripper. Like, when I say stereotypical, I mean every bad thing you could imagine, every horror story, just exactly like that. So I thought to myself, okay, I need to just date, a, like, a nice, normal girl for a while, uh-huh. right, and enter this girl who I met in a coffee house that I used to work in while she's sitting on a couch in the back of the room reading some British literature uh, for her. Wait, uh, she wasn't a stripper, right? No, no. This oh, was God. just a college okay. student at okay, TCU good. in Fort Worth, Texas. So okay. everything about her, she was, she was attractive, but everything about her said normal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, boy, talk about a crazy wolf in sheep's okay, clothing. Okay, let me just point this out. Every single woman, oh my God, see, this is bad. Every single woman has crazy in them. Mm. Every single mm-hmm. one. If You've you, seen if the you chart, take, right? what's that? You've seen the chart. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, hot, the, that's chart. the hot to crazy ratio, yeah. yes. <laughs> and if you have a girl who's a 10 no. and she's a two in craziness, it's a man. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, every woman has a certain amount of crazy to them. And uh-huh. yeah, see, minimum four. People are going right? to be like, minimum Kyle four. Stewart hates women. That's why I don't want to no. go down this road. The chart. We'll you take a woman to a certain, if a woman's in love with you, yeah. And you're done, and she can't have you anymore. Guarantee you, crazy's coming out. Guarantee you, crazy's coming out. Okay, so Thanks. this, so this girl, so I, so I, so I meet reading some literature in the back of this coffee house, whatever, and you know, obviously, a series of crazy scenarios ensue, and she's really showing me on a long-term plan how nuts she is. But where it all finally comes to a head is uh she's at my house she's very uh as you know frank uh i'm very uh i'm very uh uh logical i'm very uh you know if we're having a problem let's just discuss it uh quickest route to solve the problem point a to point b i don't lose my temper that sort of thing and she was the opposite stop with the facts and logic man that's not right that. right she didn't like it you either. Gotta throw a whole yeah. Lot of, yeah you gotta throw a whole lot of anger and emotion on top of that she didn't just like means it you either. don't care man yeah, yeah. That's, that's what that means it means you don't give it. a shit you're, you're so cold and you're so no passion. there's no passion <laughs> so it's I, not rage it's passion so i had a um so i had my band had a gig that night okay 
so she was going to go with me uh, to the gig, but she was really acting crazy. And much like, you know, I'm, I don't have to fear the head kick on stage, but we do have to put on a good show. Yeah, it's and still you, a performance. Yeah, yeah you don't 100%. want that stuff hanging over you. So I said to her, I said, you know, you're obviously being very irrational and unreasonable. I said, why don't we just let's have you not go tonight and I will just go and then you we'll told her not to go later. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked up. Yeah. You yeah. Fucked up. So, so you still have a house when you came back. <laughs> well, oh my God. so, and we're in my it's house. It's funny how we immediately start laughing. Yeah, we yeah. Do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Dude, no! that's your fault. I don't even feel bad for you. That's your fault. <laughs> so, so we're, so we're in my house and, um, I, I somehow talk her out of the house, which was a chore because she was kind of doing the thing where she was maybe going to refuse to leave. And uh, I get her outside the house, and I think she's going to drive away. And I start hearing some noise going on outside, and I look at my window, and she's dismantling my mailbox. Now, she didn't have, like, a toolbox in the trunk or anything. She's just sort of, like, pulling on it and popping it off its stem and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I mean, right there, that was crazy enough for me. But uh, then she, as soon as I see her do that, before I can get outside to intervene, she gets in her car, drives around the corner, and intentionally runs head-on into a telephone pole. And totals the car. Just, you got all my stories, B. Just stepped on the gas, uh, airbag deploys, ran head on into the telephone pole so that I have to walk outside, go around, look at this. You, you call the cops, 911, ambulance <sighs> come. I mean, she's not injured, really. And then he gets arrested for domestic arrest. Right, no. <laughs> but she's not injured or anything. But what did it do? It made me late for my gig. It made me have to tend to her, which is, you know, call, get medical attention, everything. I admire her commitment. Yeah. That's serious you know, commitment, right? A lot of girls right? scream, I'm going to hurt myself. But they yeah. don't, you know, Dude, nah, nah. they have that inner crazy. I'm yeah. telling you. But that was a lot of commitment. She's like, fuck it. Strap like, up, yeah. turn around, and go. Total it's the like, car. It's like scary. Yeah. It's like like I fight grown men, yeah. but women being so much tiny and tinier yeah. and softer. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but when no you see it in their eyes, yeah, yeah, hell hath no fury like a scorned yes. ex girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I hell mean, hath because you see it in their eyes. The crazy. It's just like I didn't know that little demon existed in you. You know you what might I'm be saying? Able to pull up the story. We, were we talking about this? Mm. There's a girl that just finally got convicted for manslaughter. Uh -huh. She killed this guy's family. So it was a wife and her children were in the vehicle driving one way and she's driving the other way. So she's upset with her boyfriend because her boyfriend dumped her. Mm -hmm. So she's texting the guy, you better take me back or mm -hmm. I'll fucking not. I'll do it. I'll do it. Sure enough, the bitch swerved on the head on, killed another fucking family. Just some random family? Just picked a car. Yep, there's a car. Fuck it. I'm going to go. Head on. She of course fucking lived, of course. Yeah. right? And then they went back, and at first she like when they first woke her up, you know, like you know, she's in the hospital, shit. Mm -hmm. You, you know, accidentally swerved over. She, I don't think she had any drugs in her system, so she probably only would have gotten, you know, you know, involuntary manslaughter, mm -hmm. been probation for four or five years, whatever the case. Probably never even served a day in jail. Mm -hmm. But they got a hold of her phone records and go, oh, you, you actually were texting that you were gonna purposely do this, and mm -hmm. sure enough. She was so mad. Some seven, I think she was seventeen years old, if I remember correctly. Well, like I said, Mikey might be seventeen. Ooh, that's even ruined crazier. her life. And See, I think they become sport. less crazy as they get older because they just don't mm -hmm. give a fuck. But could anymore. you imagine? Yeah. I mean, at seventeen, Jesus yeah. Christ, it's not the end of the fucking world. How many times you gonna get dumped before you get fucking married? You know what I mean? Like yeah, when you're seventeen, you're a fucking kid still. Yeah, I know, totally. You know, when you're yeah. twenty-one, you're a kid still. I, I yeah. keep you doing know. that now. I do the thing. What was that one comedian goes, man? If I knew now what I knew then, like I just turned thirty-nine, I'm about to turn forty. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm getting older. Like, but like I'm like sitting there going, 
I think exactly the same as I thought when I was in my mid twenties. Like I'm like, there's an evolution. Like you keep thinking, dude. Like, I agree with that one. I don't think. I think by the time you're 25, 26 years that's old, that's you. That's you. That's, that's you. who you yeah. are. If you're I a agree. piece of shit at 25, that's 26 years old, you're mm-hmm. a piece of shit yeah. human. You so know now what when I'm I look saying? at people, it's giving me a different outlook. Like now I look mm-hmm. at that guy who's 90 years old. I'm all. He's just a 26-year-old that's old. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He, just, he looks old, but he's still the same motherfucker uh, that I am. You know I mean? All right, Mikey's got the news yep. clip out of Houston, Texas. Go ahead and play this for us, Mikey. Let's hear what we got. This, this is a story Frank was talking about after a word from our sponsor, Jack in the Box. That <laughs> looks like this is. You always have to sit through the advertisement. Gross. Well, I'll right. talk over this. Yes, go ahead. And then it was funny, not funny, but then, then the parents, when they were nope, doing here the we talk. Go. Here we go. Behind us, you can see that the wreckage is only now being removed, and there is an even sadder side note to this story. The family that was struck was on their way to a movie when they were hit. The crash happened just before 5 this afternoon, and yeah. since then, this section of West Park Drive near Dunvale has remained closed to traffic on a weekend when law enforcement on the alert for impaired drivers. This is believed to be a case of a DUI fatality. Oh, no. So now the one car there. with the family inside waiting at a light on one. Uh, is this not it? And she was drunk. No, 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 my th- this one killed a 17-year-old girl. You get it flipped. Oh, I got it flipped. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, so when you're looking for it. So you get your fatality crossed up there. Though, yeah. you know, like when they do the yeah. sentencing and someone can go up yeah. and speak on your behalf, the other people for the victim speak up. So, like, the family's like, look, she's never done anything else wrong, you know, this, you know, taking into account. I'm like, does that fucking matter? You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine if I go in there right. and I lose my shit and I beat someone to death? You sure. Know what yeah. I mean? I've never been arrested. Because what and you're really, yes. Well, he's not really a criminal. It's like. What no, does that matter? Because what you fucked yeah. up, and now you need to be punished. Be- because yeah. what you're really saying is, this is a sociopath who's never been caught before. Yeah. That's really the argument. You know what I love? All right, I think you totally brought up a great point. There's this girl that brought up this conversation. There's some things in life that you just don't get to say. Well, there's they, but the, but nobody's perfect. I agree. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes. There was this chick that we've was this, all made. There mistakes. was this chick describing to me. This boyfriend or ex-boyfriend that she was madly in love with, and we were all just kind of looking at her like, you know, he was in a gang, but like, but he was really a good guy, and you know, they went to go rob this house, and then the guy came downstairs, and like, he was like really, but he actually he shot the guy, and then the guy died, and the guy had a family, and now he's in prison, and she's like writing this guy while he's in prison. She's like, yeah, but you don't understand, like nobody's perfect, and I was like, hold up, bitch, hold up. There's some things in life that you just don't get to say, but nobody's right. perfect. Like, and look, you you made a million well, wrong decisions that led to one horrible and when decision. People think that way. Have fun in prison. When people mm-hmm. think kind of like how her mind was, like, well, he's not a bad person. Like, what do you think? Well, then what that, constitutes a bad person? Do you, do you think Hitler like woke up every morning like, all right, let me fucking you know, let me fucking torture these motherfuckers? Like, like, like that's comic books where mm-hmm. a guy is yeah. evil all yeah. the time. Yep. Yep. Like. Hitler had a fucking dog. He was a vegetarian. He had a girl he dated. I'm sure, you know, uh, uh, Eva Braun probably didn't think he was a fucking asshole. Like, he had decent relationships. And he fucking still killed Mm -hmm. millions of motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, wait a minute. Not only... He convinced... Millions of people to, to kill, kill a million yeah. motherfuckers. So when people tell me that, they're like, oh, you that's, know what? It was just really one evil. bad moment in life. Don't judge. I'm like, well, yes, that's how I judge you is by your actions. Right. So you are a scumbag because of what you did equates scumbag. Are you a scumbag 100% of the time? No, but you had the scumbag moment. Now it defines you as a scumbag. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, hey, 
an Olympic gold medalist. On the flip side, you win an Olympic gold medal, you won it on that night. Does that mean that every day of your life you could fucking go win that event and become a gold medalist? No. Yeah. But you're still going to be remembered, hey, that guy won a gold medal. That So you get the prestige, but people don't want the negative. They want to go, well, I fucked up. Let's forget about it. I'm like, nah, it doesn't work uh, that way, motherfucker. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work yeah. that way. You fucked up. Now I'm gonna, you, That defines you, those it, actions. It's a good point you bring up, Kyle, because it is. There's there's a line of demarcation where there's, there's a difference between um, uh, character flaws and antisocial behavior. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between, oh yeah, he's not the most pleasant person to be around and that person has no soul. Like there's there's a difference mm-hmm. there. And you're right, it doesn't all fit in the same category. I'll tell you another one, It's because Frank brought up the Hitler thing, but this is something you hear where whatever the thing is that you're outraged about, that where you've sort of cornered this person on this point-counterpoint, how often do you see people go to the, the, the resort, resort to the, well... That's not the worst thing. Let me bring up the worst thing in like the Hitler example, you know, and and isn't that worse than this? Yeah, but they're not mutually exclusive. I mean, it doesn't mean we can't be talking about two really bad things at one time. People always, people always like to bring up Hitler too. Right, because like, it's like the you find the worst the possible. Ender. Yeah, yeah. It like, doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, you could just go. Oh, well, what about I'm Hitler? I'm trying to help you yeah. look for the, the article too. Yeah. If we can't find it, I'll. I'll Anyways, when people do that, like they use a moment like, well, it could be worse. It's like, yeah, but it could be better. It's like, well, stop using that. Of course we can find a situation worse. It doesn't take away that this situation was bad or vice versa. You know, it's like the situation could be good. I'm sure we can find someone else has a better situation or Mm -hmm. had a better day. It doesn't mean like that'd be like if you're like, oh, you know, well, you know, you know, there's people in Darfur getting fucking tortured. I'm like, yeah, but I'm having a bad day. Yeah, yeah, but not as bad as those people. I'm Mm -hmm. like. Cool. So I'm not allowed to be sad, right? All right. So hey, are you having a good day? Yeah, I'm having a good day. Like you're not allowed to be happy because fucking you know, hey, hey, Bill Gates is a fucking billionaire. His day is better than your fucking day. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, yeah. he's having a better day. How yeah. dare you be happy about your day? There are people much happier than you are today. It's like, yeah, but I'm happy with what I have. Exactly. And you could be miserable in a situation, and it's miserable to you. That's what you're happening in your life, and you those, have to respect that. You those know? to me are people a lot of times that are just looking to avoid having to discuss something to begin with. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like if, um, you, let's say you, you talk about recycling and somebody goes, well, yeah, but you, you can't recycle everything. Like, okay, you got some kind of recycling effort going on, but what about the, that, that one or two areas over here where you don't recycle? Well, that, that is not an argument against recycling whatever's over here. You're just pointing out how it could right. be better, but that's no and reason that's to not do anything. People. And so many people do that. It's the same thing. It's like, well, you know, if we're going to go to the gym, well, I, I'm only going to be able to do that. I'm like, so just do that. Right. Just because you can't work yes. out five yes. days a week, three mm-hmm. hours a day, well, fuck it, don't do it at all. I'm like, what kind of mentality is that? It's all or nothing? I mean, life, I live for moderation. I, I try to be a moderate person because I'm naturally an extremist. I'm like, dude, moderation's okay. If you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know how many times I do that all the time now when I go to lift weights? I'll go to the gym, like, oh man, my shoulder's hurting. This is bad. Yeah. Fuck it, I got to train tonight. I got to roll over at Roberts or I'm going to spar over Cindy. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm going to be here. I can at least do this. And then I might only do three or four exercises, but I did something. Mm-hmm. And you're much better. It's like, well, fuck, I could have just sit there. Well, I'm going to have a bad workout today. Yeah, fuck it. Don't work out at all. That's not the championship mindset or that's not a mindset yeah. that's going to forge you in life. 
Yeah, that. By the way, Kyle, that's uh, that's the trap that Frank lured me into last night. Uh, I'm sorry, we're, man. I didn't know that was going to happen. We're, we're both. You saw ego get involved there. So too. we're we're both dealing with injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, we go over to Drysdale's last night, and he goes, "Yeah, it's no problem. I'm banged up too, so we'll just sit on the side and you know, uh, and and uh, observe." So okay, so we get there, we're and supposed he, to drill, right? And then he goes, "Well, no, we'll be each other's partners, you know, and I'll just go light and everything." So so oh, okay, all right, I can do that. Just avoid my left shoulder. And then next thing I know, boy, this there's nothing like famous last words when Frank tells you he's going to roll light. Next thing you know, he's sitting on my head. It felt like it was going to pop. And then it's uh, a large human being. It is a it's big, a very human large being. human it's being. T- I know his heart was in the right place and he was trying to be, but as that that eclipse was happening, as the all the daylight was, uh, we're doing <laughs> deep half guard, and he wants us to flop over the top, and I'm like sitting there trying to, and I really tried not to crush you. You know what I mean, like. And move over. But then I'm sitting there, and then Drysdale being Drysdale, I come in, and I start to practice off going, hey, I've already did jiu-jitsu in the morning because I taught over at Syndicate. Then I did the MMA class. I just did weights with Bella. Let's, a, let's just roll. Let's just flow. Flow, yeah, I was like, I even made a joke at the beginning. I like, hey, we're the broke dicks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Bella's shoulder, she had a stinger because she took a really stupid fucking, this one shot she keeps trying to do when she gets tired, but it puts a lot of pressure in the person's So she got a stinger. His shoulder's bugging him. My lower back, because on Monday, I hate doing abs. But my friend Raymond, when I was over in the Bahamas, we worked out every day together. So I showed him my workouts. And he goes, hey, do you do abs? I'm like, yeah, fuck, I don't do abs, dude. I just don't do abs. You know what I mean? Like, I think abs are purely, uh, what's the word I'm thinking for? They just look for vanity. vanity. Yeah, it's vanity. Vanity, exactly. But, uh, do I think there's a certain amount of like, you know, hey, you know, like some of the anti-rotational stuff. It's good to have core exercises, yeah. but everybody really wants abs because they want to look good with their shirt off. Right. So I just don't do abs. Mm. So, but I've now fallen in love with that wheel, right? Uh-huh. When you get on your knees and, and you wheel it out, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool because one, I, I my ADD kicks in, dude. I can't do an exercise for more than 30 to 45 seconds. I start fucking mentally. I'm like, all right, this, you know, I start shaking. So to sit there and crunch out 50 abs, my brain starts fucking drifting off. I'm like, I can't do that, man. But doing 15 to 10 reps of this ab roller is kind of cool. So I've been getting better at it. It's probably like the fifth time I've done it in the month. And so I'm like, oh, kids, we got done doing a shoulder complex workout, you know. And I was like, all right, you know, oh, we got to do some abs. All right, come on. So we get the wheel and we do the abs. But then I'm going all the way to the ground, you know, because then Bella's like, I saw some guy do it from his toes. I put my toes down and I wheel out and I come back. I'm like, oh, I thought I was okay. So the next day I wake up, I'm fucking, my back is killing me because it's not healthy for you to do that to that level. So when we get to Roberts, I'm like, hey, my back's bugging me. I'm just going to take it easy. He's like, oh, okay. He heard me. He even confirmed, yes, okay. (laughs) Walks off. He's showing the techniques in class. So I'm learning with it, learning what he's doing. He goes, all right, we're going to roll. All right. And then I'm the first person he fucking points at. All right, Frank, you're going to go. I'm like sitting there. I just look at him like. Because now you're like, oh, did you not want to go? Like, what am I supposed to say? Yeah, because yeah, the then you don't want to feel like a bitch. Yeah, yeah you know? I would be like, oh, no. God. So I know that conversation we had. No, no. So I just like looked at him. I was like, nah, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. All right, who am I going with? So I looked at Rich. I'm like, dude, I got to go. And I'm going to have to roll now. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, and then there was this young stud kid who's like 19 years old, state champion wrestler, who's been doing jiu-jitsu since he was six years old, and he weighs like 270. I'm like, and he moves really well. So I'm like looking at him like, all right, if I say no, Someone might think that I'm saying no because of this. 
They're um, gonna think you're. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. backing out. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's go. Let me tap him. You know, choke him. That's what like uh, when you go to grappling. It's like the new kid that shows up. I, I hate grappling with like new guys. I I would ten times. Everybody knows. I'd rather go with black belts and brown belts and white belts. Safe. You know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, it's like, and every kid always comes up, and it's so weird when they come. Like, yeah, you know, I, I really. I go to your fights. I really like you. Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to like spar with you. I'd love to roll with you. And I just kind of look at it, and I feel like the ass on. I'm like, nah, man. Like, you know. And it's because I don't know. You're some sort of wrestling state champion. You have yeah. no chill when you roll. Every single position is war with you. Yeah. You're gonna flail around and headbutt yeah. me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I'm just like, I've dealt my share of that yeah. stuff. No. The I'm worst good. situation. But if you say no, then it's like. He saw me fuck this guy up, and yeah. now he won't go with me. So he's yeah. scared to roll yeah. with me. Well, what I usually do is I'll go ahead and, and and I'll go at your pace. Like I'll sit there, and a new guy wants to roll. I'm like, All right, let's go. But I'm very alert of what's about to happen. I'm gonna beat you, but I'm not gonna maul you either. Because on the flip side, if you come out there and they're like, look at Mir fucking just raping that poor 19 year old. Like Jesus Christ, dude. No, I. So there's... like it's like. If you're a six, all of a sudden I'm a six and a half. You yeah. bring it up to an eight, I'm an eight and a half. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, I, I I know how to do that very well. But I've I've learned my lesson. I remember the one time, uh, a very famous person, his kid was a fan of mine, right? And so through the manager I had at the time, the famous person calls up my manager. Go, hey, my son's in town. He's a huge fan of your the fighter. Would you train with him? So I thought mm-hmm. I was giving the guy a fucking private lesson. Mm-hmm. So the kid comes in and he's probably like you know 16, 17 years old. Decent height, you know, six foot tall, but I mean, he's 155 pounds, 160 pounds. So I'm showing him techniques, MMA, a little bit of stand-up, a little bit of takedowns, a little bit on the ground. So then he goes, can we can we move around? I'm like, and I thought, he's like, oh, you want to roll? All right, no problem. He goes, no, I want to spar. I'm like, oh, you brought gloves? Sure enough, he, he had a couple caretakers with him. They bring out his fucking, they had, he had a kid in rollers, you know, they, they're pulling out gloves and mouthpiece and go, I'm like, Okay, you know, no problem. She'll go. So we're going out there. 155 pound, 16 year old kid wants to spar with Frank. Wants to spar with me, right? So I sit there. We start some balls on him, though. Yeah. So we start off. I throw a couple jabs. I jab him in the body. You know what I mean? Like, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, a fucking flurry of fucking hell. Just like overhand right, left hook, overhand right, (laughs) and like a couple shots. Like I slip and I block and catch him. Like, and then I felt it. I'm like, holy shit, this kid's trying to knock my head off. So then I just give him a stiff jab, like pop, like. Hey, I'll work with you, but like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. know we we're fucking going for a title. Are you getting paid for this? You know? yeah. So I give him a stiff jab. Boom! It pops his head back. His eyes kind of watery. Yeah, he didn't right in the nose. I like a hard bot. I like a hard sh- like somebody that's being spazzy. I feel like a good hard shin right across. Make him block it. Yeah, that's been a good one option. One good hard one, not necessarily knock him out. Be like, but throw it hard to be like, look. Yeah. Wow. This leg for you. This leg weighs eighty pounds. Yeah. yeah, I will put it across your head if you don't chill. So <laughs> I went first. That was my first warning shot. Was the jab? Like, hey, you know, maybe he'll see that I'm not going to hit you hard. And yeah. now the eyes are watering. and it's even more intense. So then I go ahead and I go tap, tap. I just tap his gloves and I slam him with a really hard outside kick to the quad. You know, oh, let me hit a sciatic nerve a little bit. I'll bury. You know, I'm wearing shin guards. Let me check the leg a little bit. Now, now all of a sudden I can see the intensity. I'm like, holy fuck. You're trying to kick my ass, you know. Yeah. And then I see the buddy with the fucking cell phone with it, <laughs> and I'm like, and then now it's like all the buttons are connected. I'm like, oh, I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna land one good shot on me, and that's all that's gonna be fucking played. Yeah. yeah. So then I just sit back and fucking throw one to the body as hard. I mean, I threw a full blown roundhouse. Yeah. See? Boom. Right. <laughs> caved them fucking. Yeah. I'm like, hey, when you're ready, we'll spar some more. And then went and sat down on the thing. I was like, no, we're good. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Do you want to work out anything? Like, really cool. Like, no, no, no. They just paid me my money. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like, I'm sitting there, that, that mindset of just like, yeah. 
Oh, I get it. You're trying to get a highlight reel of you oh, punching me in the face. Frank Mirren. And yeah. I can see now there's going to be a five second of you landing a shot, and that's all going to be on the loop. I'm like, oh, you know. And I, I'm like, here you have an opportunity to learn from me. Be cool. Like, hey, man, I'll be cool with you. But yeah. you, you'll, you'll experience that even more now as your career goes on. Guys will come in, and you'll want to train with them. And I'm like, I, ha I have to now be more selective, or I have to be ready on my guard because I'm like, yeah. okay, this guy, like, you know, if I tap to a heel hook, are you going to let go? And, and there's guys that are like in their brain, they don't want to mm, let go. Cause Russians. Like, if I, <laughs> if I have you ever had a light sparring round with a Russian? Yeah, you know, you know who the worst. Have you ever rolled with Robert? No, no, no. Okay, if you ever come down to Drysdale's, it's the funniest fucking thing in the world. In fact, he's supposed to come here later tonight. Mm -hmm. He'll tell you. I'm not even talking shit behind his back. He knows. He did it last night. Did you already leave before he did that? When you, oh, yeah, you were already gone. Mm -hmm. So last night, at the end of all our rolling, right, everybody rolled for a fucking hour. You know what I mean? It was two-minute top, bottom, out. So it was you got a two-minute break, and you wrestled for two minutes with one guy, wrestled for two minutes with another guy. It was three-man groups, right? But there was that was it. That was your two-minute break. There was no long rest. Everybody got, it was So we went for an hour, right? So at the end of it, he's like, okay, everybody, we're going to do some technique. You know, go through, set up your takedowns. The other guy only resists 20 to 30% to give you a proper read. But, you know, like, you know, I'm going to come in, blast a double, pass your guard, go for mount, hit an arm bar. And you just give me the yeah. real, you know, don't be a fish, you know, yeah. but give me the look. So then he's showing the move. And then so he goes on his, the guy that he's demonstrating. And then he goes, okay, and then this other guy's turn. So he starts going. And then Robert starts fucking fighting back. He's the instructor that just told, he goes, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's done that to me before. Yeah. There's some times we've been in class and he tells everybody, my most vivid memory of it was here we're going, all right, hey, you know, everybody, let's roll at 30%. Nice, easy roll. Let's get going. All right, 30%. Cool. I hate the third. I'm like, where the fuck percentages come from? So I'm sitting on my butt. By the way, that doesn't exist. It doesn't. It's either it's either fucking twenty percent or balls out. You yeah. know, you're so, either dog shit or yeah. all the way. So and I get the whole. If you said, hey, let's get on the mat, move. I'm like, cool. We'll move from position to position. That's where like, you know, you go for Kamora, then I'll step over, maybe sit for an arm, then you roll up. You know, you're not finishing mm -hmm. stuff. You're mm -hmm. you're you're not holding on. I'm not gonna sit there and just bury my shoulder in your chin and sit there for three minutes. We're going to move. Flow roll. Mm -hmm. I understand the concept. I'm, I'm a fucking heavyweight. I like flow roll. Yeah. <laughs> so we sit there. We clap hands. All of a sudden, Robert drives his knee in. Fucking, and we got about a two-minute war. He's just fucking, ah. And it's first thing in the morning. You know, It's morning, 10 o'clock class. So we're sitting there. And finally, we get him apart where I'm shin to shin. I'm trying to sweep him. I'm looking at him. I'm like, hey, buddy. When are we going to start going hard? You know what I mean? Like, if this is the flow, like, and he just like lowers his head. He's like, fuck, man, I'm sorry. I'm the worst. Like, you are the worst. So You are the worst. You are the worst. Robert Drysdale is the worst guy to try to go easy with. He'll tell yeah. you he has one gear. So, like, when I go to Chechnya and I wrestle those guys, like, I'm prepared. I got Robert. <laughs> yeah, that, that shit's always funny. I, anytime you – I've never had a light sparring room no. with a Russian. Never. And it's it's like – that's why those motherfuckers are so hard because they don't – there's no, no, hey, let's work on drill some things. Nope, mm -hmm. but we're trying to knock each other out. And if I pick you up, I'm slamming you on your head. Yeah. There's no letting you down. Yeah, yeah, that's the part I get frustrated with them because I've tried talking because, you know, I'm so many so much friends with some of the guys at Barracoot Fight Club over there in Grozny. Is I'm like, look, you guys can wrestle like that. Wrestling, you can go hard all the time. The injuries are not that much. I'm like, but, hey, you can't spar that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not – Six days a week, you just you can't. If, if six days a week someone's getting knocked the fuck out in sparring sessions, you're gonna have a two year career. What you is your mean? thought process? I need to ask this. Being frank yeah, here, yeah. what is your thought process on? Uh, you're kind of explaining it. Hard sparring versus flow sparring. Uh, some people will swear up and down. You need to have hard sparring. Some people will swear up and down. You don't need to spar hard. 
So you know what I'm saying? Well, there's obviously I, I think a it's balance. necessary, but I do think it's a balance. And here's the reason why. I think that hard sparring where there's like you and I know that, okay, we're going to go. Or if I catch you with a good shot, I'm not going to finish you or vice versa. You shake my legs. Now, it's detrimental. I think you shouldn't do it a lot. Uh-huh. You know, personally, I only hard spar. I like it I'm, in certain situations. Yeah. Boxing. Right. Let's, let's crack. Boxing. Yeah. You're wearing 18-ounce gloves. But the reason why I think it's important to do at some point is because there's, you have to get used to the, the nervousness there's a different yeah. feel if I know that we're, hey, we're going to go easy. All right, cool. I can go easy for rounds. Even it's if low. we go for intense, it's not the physical output, but the emotional output that gets people tired. And if the only time you deal with that emotional dump of this is serious is in the fight, I've seen guys, and I've been, the, you know, where you're like, man, I was in really good shape. I'm like, yes, you are physically in good shape, but you're not used to the emotion of going live with yeah. somebody, and that's what drains you. Mm. So I think there is that simulation of that in practice where it gets you tired, but now, look, every time you get hit in the head, it takes something out of you. It's not healthy for you, and it can be detrimental to your long-term you know, ability to withstand a shot. So do I think it's something you do three or four days a week? Fuck no. In fact, me, I think max, you spar hard once a week, and that's eight weeks before a fight. Yeah. If I'm not eight weeks before a fight, I never spar hard. Like I said, I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm not taking needless punishment to my head. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, I've had I, enough experience. So I don't need to. It sounds like what you're saying is that the value in it is the intensity. That's not, what it is. Not the taking the shot. And in fact, if, yeah. if I didn't get hit, you know, if somehow, but there's still that, like, you know, and I've, in boxing, we do it more. But I remember those days, like, especially when I was training with Bermain Stavern a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy was a former WBO champ. Now, he's super friendly guy, super nice, and we'd have sparring days where we would be talking before sparring. But then we, would have, we wouldn't call it hard. We'd be like, hey, we have a serious sparring session. We're going six rounds. Okay, cool. So I knew that on those days, we both would walk in the gym. He went to his corner. I went to my corner. There was no talking to each other. There was no interactions. There was like, okay, this is serious. Yeah. We're focused. And that gave it that. I had the butterflies on the way to the gym. I'm fucking nervous. You know you're going to get cracked. Right. And that helped me prepare and get you used to those emotions you're going to feel fight night. So that's what that is the value in it. Not Mm -hmm. the actual, does it teach you how to throw a punch hard? Fuck no. You can hit pads or spar and be intelligent and simulate everything and turn it on. But I just don't know how to simulate that fear. Yeah. That -hmm. that, that's Mm -hmm. what I want to get accustomed to. Getting scared. You Mm -hmm. know, and then going and competing under fear. It's like a if you have enough experience, you know, you throw a straight right hand right off the ch- If you're comfortable and relaxed and you've been there and the experience, the right hand comes straight off the chin. Yeah. And you know that it comes with power because you did it proper. If you don't have that experience, you can throw a right hand a thousand times in training, be comfortable with it, hit it, hit, land it every time sparring. But you go to fight and now all of a sudden the right hand is, yes, you know, yeah. and it's just the, the discipline went out the window. Right. And, and because also, too, you haven't put yourself under the psycholo- psychological distress. You know, you see all the time when military guys train they train with sim rounds you know when they do some of the you know, rounds you know why because that shit fucking hurts fuck yeah it hurts you know, i can thing, tell you that shit hurts those bullets are going 250 feet per second you don't want to get hit by those yeah, like it, it hurt. fucking hurts right so there's a certain nervousness you know and a riled up that you get then like look it's still not real bullets but it's getting them used to okay I want to, and you want to do that. You want to get as close as possible to the real thing. So there's not that big step off that like, oh, now I'm in live action. Holy shit. All I fucking shot at was paper targets. Hey, you might be a whiz at hitting paper targets, but when shit's blowing up around you and people are moving and screaming and yelling, it's like, you freak out, right? Yeah. So same thing as fighting. If you can make it as close to as chaotic, that's the part of real sparring is if I could have easy sparring, but somehow 
brainwash you into thinking it's a real you know, fight, that would be the perfect spot. Because like, all right, well, now we're not going to get hurt, but you're scared yeah. and you're nervous, and we're going to bring out all your faults. Because then you're going to see what what you're really going to do. You know, yeah. I'm going to kind of tie what you just said into one thing, right? You talked about using sim rounds and in combat, so I'm I'm a combat yeah, yeah. Vet, right? I think that's the number one thing that has helped me in my fights. Because I've been, I've uh, there's times when I'll go to sparring and I'll just get beat up, mm -hmm. right? But when I fight, I go to a different place mentally where you know I'm emotional when You're I walk to the cage. But when I get when I get in there, like it, it's literally I have immediate actions that I don't think about, and it's everything slows down, and that comes from being in combat and being in that high tense environment where like I was a machine gunner, man. I, I can't tell you how many firefights where I was in where it was like uh, the gun goes down. We're trying to figure out, okay, we're getting shot. Everybody's trying to communicate. You know, your first firefight, there's nothing. You have no, you're fucking Tunnel vision a, you're part, right? a fart in a windstorm. Yeah. You have no idea what the fuck's going on. You're just like, where do I shoot? What's going mm -hmm. on? But near the end, you, you deployed two or three times. You've been in a bunch of firefights. You're a lot more relaxed. You understand, you know what, everybody, you know, I'm going to find my cover. I'm going to relax. I'm going to get inside. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to find out what's going on in the battlefield, you know, and that's where I think, man, like I've turned and had conversations with my corner while fighting, mm -hmm. you know, like I have no problem talking since I was no, an amateur. Your brain now is accustomed to that adrenaline dump when you have the three responses, Fight, flight, or, 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 or freeze. Right? Yeah. The three things that people do. People always forget about the freeze, but that's a... No, I've seen motherfuckers freeze in they combat. Freeze. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know why they do that? There's actually psychological proven why. If you look at a deer or certain animals, sometimes if you freeze and don't move until you assess the situation, you see a big fucking bear and you don't move, there's a chance that that predator doesn't see you. So that instinct has actually helped certain animals survive because it's like, all right, if I don't move, a lot of predators see shit that moves. You know what I mean? Lion might not see me... If you move, it's like, oh, shit, there you are. Mm -hmm. So that's why some humans still have that in them. And But you've already dealt with the highest duress possible. Yeah. Your brain has now learned how to assimilate that information and calm it down to where now you can sit there and it's not an overload. Yeah. Whereas most people in the first time that they deal with intense situations, an overload. And that's why being into intense situations teaches your body, okay, uh, adrenaline dumps, okay, it's coming. And your body can just slow down and go, okay, look, I can either panic about these five things flying at me. I can go, it's five things flying at me. There's one, there's two, there's three. Okay, yeah. all right, this is where this one goes. And you just start picking things apart by detail all right a b c d this is gonna be my routine you know and and people always people ask the cliche question how did you feel like war helped prepare you for the cage and i'm just like like uh like toughness and i'm like i'm not talking about toughness like mm -hmm. yeah I, I i became hard in the marine corps for sure i was like i went from a karate nerd to a mentally hard human mm -hmm. being being in the marine corps but it's my being able to deal with that stress and that anxiety. There, and it's funny. Uh, there's guys that you hear on the radio in combat the first time on the radio, first firefight that they're in, and they're yelling. They're just, we're being pinned down. We're taking up, and, you know. And they're just, and you hear the the other guy on the other end that's just uh, talking, communicating. Mm -hmm. And guys who've been there a bunch of times are like, hey, yeah, you know, we're taking fire. It's about 300 meters away. Um, we're all sitting down. We're returning fire. Can we get uh, some indirect fire capabilities? What do we got going on? And it's like they're ordering a fucking pizza. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's just like, and you you talk. Listen to different coaches in different corners, too. Because yes. you see, there, there's different coaches. You look at, like, some coaches, it's like, 
they're so intense about what's going on. Yeah. And you need to relax because if you start yelling, yeah, you become the crowd. Right, and right. now I'm in there yeah. by that's, myself. That's like how Greg Jackson is, where he's I just was about like, to use Greg like Jackson. That, yeah, right? and then like, yeah. for example, like Layman on the mm-hmm. other end of it, like mm-hmm. Mark Layman. You guys ever heard him coaching? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He freaks out and mm-hmm. screams and yells, mm-hmm. or or actually, he'll, at least he's given good information. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot about MMA. The worst was what's his name, uh, Rhonda's Ed, coach, Edmund Tiverti. Jesus, that's, yeah. that was a, that, I was trying that to is think the worst. That's the best example. I was trying to think of the worst, like because like I said, Layman's loud, and I've heard loud guys, but at least it's good information. Whereas here's Tiverian who knows. Obviously about MMA, and, and if you he, listen to him. It's like it's like he's watching fuck a child him up, be fuck murdered. Fuck him up! Right. Fuck him up! Head movement! Heart! 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 I'm like, I remember when he was yelling at Travis. Right, uh, Verdum had his back, and and, and Verdum was trying to choke him. He has a hook since like the end of the first round, and his advice was, show him your heart, show heart. I'm all. That's great advice. That's what I'm fucking paying that's you great for. Advice. Like that's why I looked at Travis. Yeah. I'm like, hey man, we're boys and shit, but like I don't get it, man. Like. Why are you keeping this guy? Like, is he, he must be a wizard in the gym because he ain't shit in the corner. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. worst information. Fuck him up. I'm like, yeah. well, no shit. I thought we were going for a dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what was I doing here? No, yeah, like my my actually my best friend is is my coach. He's a year younger than me. He's cornering me. He started my first amateur fight, and we have conversations while we're fighting. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's way 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 more relaxed, and it's uh, I think Greg Jackson's a perfect. That's the first one I thought. Yeah, of. yeah. But it, that's getting back to what I was originally saying is like, that's my biggest advantage when I fight is cause I've been in hundreds yeah. and hundreds of situations in my life where like the utmost consequences were on the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now, in, in the fight, the, it's only ego best, death. Yeah, exactly. In that shit, it's real death. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. yeah. Totally different. Like one's having a bruised ego and the other one's like, you're not going home. So yeah. uh, for me, it's, I don't get tunnel vision, but I just focus in on, Exactly what posture my body needs to be yeah. in. And I go into that, you know, what I've trained well, to do, well, I, I and go, I listen. And I can hear what, what what's going on with my coach. Well, and I, I go back to that very first thing you said in the beginning when we kind of got on this this uh, topic is the ability to slow everything down. Yeah. Like to me, uh, because actually we I we glossed over this at the beginning. I noticed you react to it. The the reason why uh, I couldn't uh, bow to peer pressure uh, like Frank did yesterday at Drysdale's <laughs> is because Frank actually like, you got to dig it on me yeah, there. Yeah, Frank actually doesn't have his next fight scheduled yet. I'm in camp, so I have to be very careful not to risk a, a, an injury. Are you familiar with the Wimp to Warrior program? The Wimp to Warrior program. You never heard of this? Yeah, no. so I'm um, pretty sure I should be like the the one running that. No, the well, Wimp to Warrior. Program. No, listen, listen. You're you met 18 year old me. You would never think I would be an MMA. Fighter. Listening to you talk is uh, is very beneficial to my mindset right now because uh, our listeners know uh, as of a couple episodes ago that uh, we had the uh, uh, we had the founders of uh, Wimp to Warrior in studio, uh, Richie Cranny and uh, his partner uh, Nick, and um, what they they have this international program that runs out of big gyms like uh, 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 McGregor's gym over in Ireland and AKA here and, and syndicate here locally in Las Vegas. And they look for people who have little to no martial arts training. You go through five months of training five mornings a week. And then at the end you get a fight. So like a fully sanctioned amateur Is fight. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm two weeks in and, uh, uh, but that after in, five months, after five months, Is it a yeah. smoker? Yes. Okay. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's like no elbows. I think you guys wear. You guys wear headgear. It's no headgear. It's no here's headgear. here's the deal. No four ounce gloves. Eight, eight ounce eight gloves. Shins. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's it's eight ounce gloves. No knees to the head. No elbows. No elbows. People come in. I, I want to fight. I want to fight. 
okay, come back to me and tell me that in three years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but that's the thing. And even even doing jujitsu, like and and then naga and stuff like that's going to help. But it's Absolutely, that. But yeah. I'm already thinking in my head like that right there would be the number one thing I would want to be able to do is when I'm walking to the cage is just slow everything down. Is just to be able to, as best I get, yeah, no hope, right? Like this first time, I'm going to be like, very, 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 very rarely do you see somebody with no combat sports experience, whether it's wrestling, because what you're going to revert to what you what you have experience doing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wrestlers. Who go and they could work on striking forever, but if you spent 15 years wrestling, yeah, your first MMA fight, when somebody throws heat at you, you go back to what you're comfortable doing. That makes sense. You wrestle, yeah. You know that's um. I, 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 this is what I always tell people when they're getting ready to have their first amateur fight. You know what? Don't go world star. That's the only thing. Don't go world star. Which is, I don't, you could have been training for a year, but yeah. if you've never fought, yeah. It's like I said, that right hand in training, crisp, clean, straight from the chin, boom, yes. return back home, left hook. That right hand in a fight, the first time somebody is trying to hurt you, right, it's like, right. A, it's ugly, you know. And that's what I tell people. Just don't go, don't go world star. Just relax. Well, see, and when you talk about like that technique of like throwing that punch, that's honestly that's that's what I'm aspiring to. I mean, you know, hopefully I win. But but what I would re- what I really want to do is give a good technical accounting of myself yeah. based on what I learned we, over five months. <clears throat> we had this guy in our gym, uh, Petros. Petros, if you listen to this, I love you by the way. And I, I just I kind of laughed at him. Uh, after his fight, he's uh, he was uh, forty in his mid forties, getting ready to fight in his first amateur MMA fight. Just wanted to do a Sounds one and done. Trains with us, trains with us all the time. Sounds very familiar. Trains with yeah. us, uh, clean. Yeah. See the see the dude spar. He's clean. Yeah. He's very very thoughtful and methodical. You can see his his wheels turning and what he's doing. He's not yeah. just throwing aimlessly. He he's picking up. Oh, he's responding to the jab now. A low kick. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You can see his thought process turning. Oh, he's better. He's better than any amateur out there. Mm-hmm. Goes and fights in his first amateur fight, full world star. Mm-hmm. Just completely hits the dude with low kicks and doesn't realize that he can just finish the dude with low kicks and mm-hmm. just starts. It just tried to kick the guy in the head when the dude's knees were on the ground, like oh, just right. completely, you know. Uh, but you know, it was his, his one and only fight. You know, he he enjoyed it. But that's what I tell people. It's, it's like Frank was saying earlier. Yeah. Unless you have that experience with somebody trying, it's very very hard to be comfortable in your first fight. Yeah. It's a real fight. Well, and, and the second, and it, even when you see some, when somebody else starts throwing sloppy and heavy at you, mm-hmm. you you revert to throwing sloppy and heavy with them. Remember yeah. hearing somebody say. Sloppy, shitty-looking fighters can make good fighters look sloppy and shitty. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ever heard that? Mm. Like a spazzy guy can yeah. make a good guy come down to his level. Yeah, yeah. If he's not a really good guy, yeah. you know. Well, and, and the interesting thing about this program too is it's all the same people. We're all training together for five months, so I'm training right now with whoever the opponent is. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but you know what I mean. So it's mm-hmm. like at the end of five months, like you've you've basically progressed along with all these people together Mm -hmm. i'm kind of hoping that might help too because at least there will be some level of like say you and i neither one of us any experience and we start out on this and and you know day after day week after week we're we're drilling together and everything i would almost i would almost hope that if if we got paired up that we would want to bring that out of each other i hope somebody has a similar goal to me i guess is what i'm saying that you know let's just let's let's be competitive but let's also give a good technical accounting of ourselves because even if i won if I had to go back and watch the video and it's like you said, just flying, I don't know. I'd be as proud of that 
as I would be if I could show the technical aspect of what I learned. You know, uh, that was a big thing that I, I was telling my coaches. Uh, I had 10 amateur fights. Um, I won nine out of 10 amateur fights. Um, and even when I was a pro, it was, I started just telling my coaches, it's like, you know, you watch your fights and you watch guys in the UFC. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain level where things start to click, not in training, but while you're fighting. Mm. You know, and my goal after a while was just I want to look like a high level professional. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be in the proper position and and throwing from the proper. Don't get sucked into getting my my getting overextended or mm -hmm. out of position or get greedy with your techniques or get get uh, shitty wrestling shots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I started telling my coaches like afterwards, did I look like a professional? You know, and. That was always the good positive thing for me. It's like, you look good. Like, yeah, you look like you know what you're doing. And when you think about it, when we look back on fighters' careers, even at the elite level, and we talk about our favorites, favorite moments or whatever, how, we're not comparing wins, win and loss records. We're mm -hmm. usually talking about one technique compared to another. You know, if we start talking about, I really like this fighter. Oh, yeah, I really like that fighter. We're not at some point, once we really get into the conversation, going to go, yeah, but my guy had two more wins than your guy had. Not so no. much about that. You know, we're just going to talk it's about moments. style. Yeah. I think moments. Yeah. Moments define fighters' careers. Yeah. Moments in fights. Fights yeah. define fighters' careers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a, there's a few fights that every fighter, I think you can look, you know, a whole bunch of fights, but there's a few fights that I've had so far that I'm like, man, that was a huge fight. That was a huge moment. Yeah. That was, you know, um, and, and I think when you're done, it's those things that people remember. All right, so f here's a good one. Justin Gaethje's first fight in the UFC against Michael Johnson. Mm, I was there. I was 20 feet from the cage you for know that what one. I'm saying? Crazy that, that fight was, of the that, year. That is a fight that oh. when he said, and that's what I love about mixed martial arts. Yeah. It ain't about money to me. Yeah. It, it's about those moments that you mm -hmm. have that opportunity to be your own fucking hero, mm -hmm. you know, to, mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to uh, define yourself, you know, yeah. off of that. A handful of fights. There's a bunch of fights that I won where it was like, man, it didn't really mean much. You know, my last fight was just another win in the W yeah. column, you know, yeah. to get to 10 and 0. But like, there's a few fights that I've had that it was like, man, that was, that was a big one. There, there's certain fights, whether it was the shit talking before the fight or, yeah. you know, what the stakes of the fight, how big the high level of the fight was. And this fight coming up, you know, um, outside of my fight when I fought on the contender series. Um, this is, this is the biggest fight of my career and, yeah. and that's where it's like, you know what, am I going to be able to look back and be like, you know what, win, lose, whatever. Like, did I fucking fight? Yeah. Did I, did I go in composed and fight like a professional or yeah. did I lose my head and look like an idiot? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Honestly, that's my number one goal. It's what I hope to get out of it. You know, relatively speaking on this level, plus Frank's cornering. So there's a lot of pressure on him. Is it going to be weird, Frank, if after the fight, I come on here and I have to start talking about contemplating changing camps? Will that be weird for you? <laughs> I mean, it's nothing personal. You know, in our relationship. Yeah, like, we'll oh, remain you know, friends, but, you know, it's just a, you know, it's a business thing. Yeah. Frank, what are your, what are your, I was going to, that was leading to my question for you. What would you say if you had to pick, man, that was crazy. If you had to pick three fights, moments, moments where fights, it could even be like, oh, when I caught so-and-so with this punch, three moments in your career that, uh, define the Frank Mir legacy of mixed martial arts, what would you say? Moments where you're like, you kind of got to look back and you're like, God damn, I did that shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I think the second Nogueira fight is my one that I, I always I think I brought up more than once. God, you look fucking nasty. I remember that. I remember you. Yeah, well, I remember and that fight. The reason fight. I like it is because in that fight, is I that started. F- sorry. No, no. The first one, I was very dominant and just knocked him out. The second one, he caught me with a right hand right on the ear, wobbled uh, me. Yep, no, I went I down. So, like, if, if you look back at it, I was losing to begin with and very close to the brink of, of a loss. And then uh, I was able to stay calm, collected myself, what was going on, got through the problem and ended up defining, definitively turning it around. So that's what- Stayed me- calm inside yeah. your own head. In the middle of all this chaos of getting racked in the head, now I'm in a choke, getting choked out by a guy who was a world champion black belt, and now I, you know, I, and I was able to, to not panic, not freak out. Okay, well, this is the, this is the situation. What's the next step, you know? And, and so I think that's what makes me so happy about that fight. Because, you know, I mean, fights, there's an element of, you know, you know, today was my day. Whereas there, there the was second a one was the one we broke. It wasn't arm, my right? day, mm-hmm. and I was able to make it my day and turn it around. Mm-hmm. That's and that's what a fight is. You know what I'm saying? There's difference yeah. between, between fighters and people that there are bullies in MMA. There are people that make careers out of beating people up. Yeah, you know, but they can't take that. They mm-hmm. can't take that punishment. You, mm-hmm. you know, the you see these guys that look like badasses, but you put the grind on them for a little bit and they break. They yeah. crack. You know, or they hit some adversity and they they break. Um, well, and sometimes you know when you talk about taking all those factors into account, because you you know you ask Frank what his favorite fight is. If you ask his wife what her favorite fight of Frank's is, it's interesting. Her favorite because we I think one day when she sat in on the show, I don't even think it was one day you weren't on, but she uh, that question came up. I think one of our listeners submitted it, and she goes, "Oh, no question, the second Brock Lesnar fight." And I was like, well, that's interesting because that's a loss. You know, it's a, you think a lot of people would go to the first one, you know, where he subbed him. And she goes, oh, no, 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 the second one because just, you know, everything he was, he was, he was going through physically and it was a big achievement to, to get in there. So, you know, there's all kinds of things to take into account other than just a win or a loss. And obviously that one meant a lot to her, you know. I mean, I think a lot of times you you factor in. I mean, it's like it's like Frank the the second Nogueira fight, not just because it was a win, but because he was losing. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times you think people would pick the one where you were just dominant throughout. And the thing with fighters too is what goes into that fight. You know, like mm-hmm. not a lot of people yeah. know what's going on in a fighter's head, or yeah. what's going on with his health, what kind of injuries he's dealing with going into a fucking fight. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't understand. Like, uh, there t- it's people yeah. see oh. You know, like uh, one an example. My, I'd say my biggest fight that I'm would look back and like mm-hmm. I can't believe I did that shit mm-hmm. was uh, I fought on the Contender Series last summer, mm-hmm. um, and literally uh, 15 days before the fight, I actually have the video I could show it mm-hmm. to you. 15 days before the fight, I'm sparring with uh, Clifford Starks. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I, it was like my fourth or fifth round. I mm-hmm. was tired, sloppy. You know, when you're just like getting into brawls mm-hmm. and coaches in the corner saying get him get him get him you know and it's just you're dog shit tired and mm-hmm. uh i go and do this ugly ass kind of try to do like a judo toss wizard kick i had a, a wizard and i tried to load him up on my hip and throw him but he comes down on top of me, my whole shoulder pops out of socket completely pops out of socket this is 15 days before Ugh. my fight on the contender series um my whole shoulder pops out of socket i scream bloody murder fuck yeah and i get up and i was like i'm done i'm done and then my shoulder pops back in and i walk over and uh it was weird because i don't videotape too many of my rounds but i have that on video oh god Um, you're making me feel bad about my little shoulder sprain now and um no but it was like i'm getting right right before and then 
After that fight, I mm-hmm. went on to go fight Jason Jackson on the Contender Series, who is a kid from Henry Hoof's hit kickboxing, uh, Hard Knocks 365. He was a black zillion. He knocked out Diego Lima, who was in the UFC. Mm-hmm. His only mm-hmm. other losses, his only losses at that point were to two guys who were in the UFC. One mm-hmm. was Colby Covington, mm-hmm. and uh, other one was Hyder Hassan. And, and oh yeah, and mm-hmm. to me, it's like I had never fought anybody on that level yeah i'd never yeah. fought anybody who had been on the ultimate fighter you know i'd beat some good guys solid guys but i'd never like going into that fight i'm like dude i'm going in to fight this dude who has knocked out a handful of dudes that are in the ufc and i yeah. see who he trains with he's like sparring with luke rockhold to yeah. me my first big fight it's like am i really supposed to be here with this yeah. guy in this cage yeah. you know and uh you know that's kind of what goes through your head and I have a shoulder injury, yeah. like a real shoulder injury. Ten yeah. days before yeah. the ten days before the fight, I was like, if I can throw a jab, I can fight this guy. Mm-hmm. So I was bluffing with my jab. You know, I couldn't throw a left hook. I could. I was worried my shoulder coming out of socket. Yeah. And um, I'd say ten seconds into the fight, he's wrapping me up. He's got me. He's riding my. He's wrist riding me. Um, takes me down, and that it literally is at that moment where I'm like, fuck. Like this guy's supposed to be a striker. You know, I was going to roll the dice and try and land a big shot. You know, now he's wrist riding me. I'm getting thrown around. Like, it looks bad. For the Mm. first three minutes of the fight, I'm getting thrown around. It looks bad. And nobody wants to hear your fucking excuse. Nobody wants to hear. I'm thinking to myself, after the fight, going into it, I was like, well, I got a hurt shoulder. Let's roll the dice. You know, nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear, oh, I was injured. Sure, good excuse. You know, and I'm literally sitting there on the ground, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, don't go out like this. Mm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Don't roll up into a fucking ball. Don't wait for the ref to like. Do not. I was in the Marine Corps, man. I have I have a huge following of Marines that that want to see me be successful. If I go out, I'm getting knocked the fuck out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not going to be in the fetal position, get getting beat on. It looks like I quit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so I get up and I just think to myself, just get up off the cage. Just get mm-hmm. up off the ground. Get up off the ground. Okay, you know, underhook, turn him, just get off the cage. Get off the cage. Okay. And I kind of saw it in his eyes for a second. You, you can feel someone's energy. And he kind of like looked disappointed in himself like he couldn't hold me down. Um, and uh, I was like, just move forward. Just move forward. Hit him with a right hand. He drops. Um, he ended up breaking his ankle when he dropped. <laughs> And that's what uh, stopped the fight. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't get picked to go into to go into the UFC. But I wasn't disappointed because after that fight. Yeah. You know, it felt kind of like a loss because I didn't get picked to go to the UFC. Right. Right. But after that fight, I was like, look. I looked at my coach and I was like, I had no business being in that fucking cage tonight. Yeah. I had no business even coming close to winning with my shoulder how it is. And, like, and what you're saying is like, like, and those are the untold stories because I guarantee you we have listeners now who saw that fight, you know, uh, and, and didn't know that whole story. They'll probably go on Fight Pass now and go back and look at it and have a whole different appreciation for it because they heard your backstory. You know what's funny is there's a part in the fight and you hear me fucking wince mm. and... Uriah Faber's commentating, and some other guys are commentating. There's like f- four guys commentating. The only one that noticed it was Snoop Dogg because Snoop oh, Dogg was Snoop, yes. Snoop Dogg. So yes. I'm I'm getting on my shoulder and I'm going to get up and I feel my shoulder pop out uh, uh, and I immediately yell like fuck yeah. like and I and I pull it back and I kind of yeah. grab it yeah. and I'm um, like okay we're good now let me fight up. And the only one that knows, I think there's something wrong with his shoulder. Was mm. Snoop Dogg. I didn't catch it. Nobody caught see it. See there. And, and if you watch it, you'll see that and be like, man, the kid wasn't joking. I, I want to. I kind of always wanted to post that video yeah. to be like, look, like, yeah. 
Because people are, oh, I was hurt, I was injured. No, yeah. like, my shit was fucked up. See, there, Snoop, Snoop Dogg could have used up, you. It ended up being was... a torn labrum and a torn rotator cuff. I had to get surgery after the fight. Yeah. Snoop Dogg could have used you when he was trying to negotiate his second season to host uh, a Tuesday Night Contender Series with, with that point. Hey, um, now, we are not going to let Kyle get out of here without me bringing up the fact that uh, after I have uh, been staring at you for uh, about an hour and a half now, I have to ask you this question. Has anyone ever told you that you could pass for the grandson of veteran character actor James Cromwell. I don't know who that is. Mikey, if oh, you will. I see it. Pull up uh, a little Google image search of James Cromwell. Uh, Carson Wentz, quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. I get that all the time. Okay, all right. I get uh, Prince Harry all the time. Okay, all right. Well, well I, don't want, I don't have a beard. Yeah. I look a lot like Carson Wentz. Okay, this, J- James, this is what you're going to look like when you're 73. Oh. Can you see it a little we bit? the same nose, that's for sure. Yep. I know that actor. Yeah. yeah. G- give me some other images there, Mikey. It's funny how many actors are that way, where like, you yeah. see them in every movie, you yes. see them all the time, yes. but you have no clue what their fucking name yeah. is. I'm way more handsome, though, right? Well, for you sure. are. I mean, this is clearly... Sure. I'll be in a much better looking yeah. version when I'm seven. Yeah, this is geriatric. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That could be your grandpa, though, right? You see, it's, it's the bone structure yeah, in the it. face. I yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, very nice. Hey, you can uh, follow Kyle Guns Up Stewart once again on uh, Twitter, which is Kyle underscore Guns Up underscore MMA. That's guns with a Z. And also Instagram, Kyle underscore Stewart 0331. Uh, 10-0 undefeated fighter. And uh, on July 27th, he competes for the LFA welterweight title against another undefeated fighter, uh, James... Uh, Nakashima. Nakashima, yes, thank you. Uh, I can't read my own hand. And he's right. a white guy, by the way. Oh, he is. People always think he's Asian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He. Uh, uh, the, the only thing I can tell you that I can tell he's doing right from watching a little uh, tape is uh, his cornrow game is on point. As someone who has to deal with the cornrows uh, in competition. You see that, Mikey? He's, he's, he's got a... He's a cornrow pitcher? Yeah. Oh. Listen, you know what? A lot of a lot of fighters uh, a lot of fighters don't realize that uh, you know some fighters have the fight inside the cage, but for for those of us that have voluminous hair, there's two fights. There's the fight inside the cage, but there's also the fight before the fight, which is getting your your cornrows under control. Fortunately, my girlfriend's a hairstylist, so I have her do. Is it. that what you're gonna go with? Oh, I, so yeah, that's what I did at yeah, Naga. It's the only thing that will actually hold it down. Yeah. That's him right there. Strong cornrows. Yeah. Yeah. However, I want to tell you, cornrow game notwithstanding, Kyle. You know, you can't be a white guy, have cornrows, and a beard and not look like a fucking degenerate. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. That dude looks like he's fucking selling a fucking. (laughs) He looks like he's the bass player in corn. No, it's funny. He's actually, it's funny because everybody, he looks like Post Malone. Yeah. Post Malone, there you the, go, the scumbag Malone. and everybody always says, everybody keeps commenting. Oh, he looks like you're gonna beat up Post Malone, and it gets it's annoying to me. I can only imagine how annoying he is, yeah. how tired he is of hearing. But he's actually like a super quiet dude. Oh, and I believe like it. A it's, hermit. This is one guy. of those things where, like that that to me that hairstyle with a beard, like yeah. it's hard to put. Just like seriously, well, it's like another thing when I see. Uh, well, it doesn't matter if you're white or black. When I see dreadlocks, yeah, I cannot help but think. You're not going to smell very good. Right. Well, hey, you know what? Let's just let's just 
let's just make it personal. What did you What did you think of me the first day I I met? Oh, I thought made you were like some eighties burnt out rock star. That, you yeah, know, like, that's yeah, what I thought the first second yeah, I saw yeah, him. Totally, Being a good drug sure. connection. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this guy might be able to hook me up with a. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it turns out it turns out, Kyle, I'm so straight edge that Frank's wife gets happy when she hears that yeah. he's hanging out with me. Like I'm the safe <laughs> friend. Much the most lamest stimulant <laughs> I put in my body is coffee, and that's the most dangerous yeah, thing that that's, he does. Yeah, that's so when like, I'm going where wild. Where he ends, and that's his finish line. I'm like, that's just where I first wake up, dude. <laughs> well, Kyle, I want, to, I want to tell you that uh, this has been a very uh, convincing episode you've done with us, and to prove my point, I am on the uh, Access TV Fights uh, Twitter feed uh, right now, their page. Uh-huh. They have a uh, poll up. Uh, it says... Uh, who you got in this battle of the undefeated uh, LFA? Right uh, James Nakashima or Kyle Stewart? I'll tell you what I'm about to do. I'm going to vote Kyle Stewart. You ready? Here we what go. Right I'll tell you. I got a vote to tell you. Uh, okay, you're, you got you a little ground to make up. You're at 42%. He's at 50 Six percent, fifty-eight. You got to look at the Facebook one though. That okay. one I'm kicking his ass. Well, but here's the thing: this episode, purely a popularity contest. Let me tell you this though: this episode has not aired yet. So once our uh, phone booth fighting army gets behind you, I sense that we could turn the. T- In fact, I'm going to tweet it out through our account so uh, everybody can uh, go show their support. Yeah, and then we'll we'll make sure that somehow uh, James Nakashima sees the uh, results of the poll right uh, before okay. uh, at the weigh-ins or something like that. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, I think a fight's still a fight when you go. Oh, no, I know, know really. it is. It is. Um, hey, you've been awesome, man. Thanks for coming in. Hey, with thanks us. for yeah. having me on. Yeah, I, you I were, really appreciate it. You were real fine. How are you going to be back in Vegas in the future? I'm actually going to be coming up to Vegas a lot, okay. uh, a lot more. I really love the training up here. It's really great. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, I love my camp out in Arizona. That's where I started, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'll always, you know, I always want to fight under the Arizona Combat Sports banner. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, when I come up to Las Vegas and there's 30 dudes on the mat that are all my size and it's like I have all these different training partners, mm-hmm. all these different wrestlers, you know, it, it's just that it's the fight capital for a reason, man. This is, you know, uh, it's a great place to come train and, and it's a five hour drive. So yeah. for me coming up here is, is kind of like a no brainer. Yeah. All right. Well, you stay in touch with us. Maybe we'll uh, see you in Arizona because Frank and I have fallen in love with uh, the little border town Bisbee. of Bisbee, Arizona. Bisbee. Bisbee. Yes. What the hell are you guys doing in Bisbee? Have you ever been there? We yeah, you pass through it in like thirty seconds. Oh no, man, you got to pull over. That place is badass. We have a uh, comedian friend that lives there, Doug Stanhope, and he's he's like it's the unofficial cool mayor place. of the town. But Doug Stanhope lives in Bisbee, Arizona. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a yeah. cool town, man. It's hella cool. Yeah. I mean, he's got a compound he's built there, and uh, we had the best time there. I mean, we spent like two or three days there, but we wanted to stay like a whole week. Yeah, it was good stuff. Anyway, a little shout out to Bisbee there. I know we have listeners now from Bisbee, so hello, what's up? All right, Sorry, thanks. I love Bisbee. <laughs> thanks for coming on with us, man. And Please uh, follow my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck in there. And like I said, when you're coming back through Vegas, man, let us know. Come on back in. We'll do another episode. You're, you're one of these all-episode guests. We don't, yeah. you know, some people, you just get them in, you have them hit what they need to hit, and then you move on. Everything else might not be their wheelhouse. I, you got a versatility to it. Yeah. You know what? Oh, just, we, could, we could talk for hours. I have nothing to do about MMA. Hey, you know what we need to do is actually i think now it's like uh and jess bring there'd be a four 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll bring uh, Jessica Rose Clark uh, yeah. back up. She's yeah. another one. Yeah. Like the two of them, yeah. we would all four of us probably wouldn't shut up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, UFC strawweight. She's also one of my coaches and went to yeah. Warrior. So, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll Talk about that. Um, you know what? I'm going to start keeping track of this because I was thinking your versatility is is indicative of your MMA record. The four knockout, three submission, three decision. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you sprinkle yeah, it around. You got different ways yeah. of winning. Yeah, you're not one dimensional. I want to start tracking, see how versatile a guest, a fighter guest is, and then compare it to their record. I want to see if the more versatile you are as a fighter, the more versatile you are as a guest. You're a good example mm. of that. All right, Kyle. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Hope you had a good time. Right, hey, Frank. You. We need to give a little love before we leave to our sponsor that makes all of this possible. Low T Nation. LowTNation.com is the website go there uh if you're like one of those guys that kyle and i were talking about you know maybe you're into your mid 40s maybe you've lost a step lost a little energy here or there but you still want to compete you still want to be physical you still want to show that you got a little something left in the tank well there is a way to uh help turn back the hands of time that's by going to lowtnation.com calling the toll-free number and uh, doing the telephone consultation. Frank, if I do that, what happens from there? Well, they go ahead and give you a screening, find out if you're somebody who might possibly be a candidate that would benefit from their help. At that moment, they'll send you over to uh, your nearest lab core, uh, get your blood drawn. That way they can have some official results on where you're at and be able to peg you down and give you the best uh, 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 prescription possible as far as taking care of and best uh, game plan of moving forward, and it'll be shipped directly to your house every month product shipped right to your door just like a uh, box subscription service that is so uh, the likes of which are so popular these days go to lowtnation.com log on to the website call the toll-free number tell them frank and richard from phone booth fighting sent you and they will get you on your way to turning back the hands of time all right for uh kyle guns up stewart for frank Mir and for uh mikey over there doing an awesome job as always producing i'm richard hunter and we'll see you right back here on the next episode of phone booth fighting everybody was kung fu fighting those kids were fast as lightning in fact it was a